we're kicking down this motherfucking door, and we're doing that. Let's get into it. If there's anything that could be haunted, for sure that fucking chair's haunted. Then again, the internet always wins. The internet always wins. Searching around about uh, this dock I found. Let's be frank, there's piss on the floor. He was pulled out of power and he was murdered by firing squad. I'll start having pain. Okay, welcome back for another week. Three dudes in a dock. Uh, this week we watched Sherman's March, uh, directed by Ross McKillwin. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but uh, came in came out in 1985. As always, um, I'm here with uh, Mitch and Christian. Hello. Good day, gentlemen. Yo, it's McElwee. 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 Yeah. Oh, I thought there was an N in there. M C E L W E E. Either way, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm with you there, Tyler. Um, so yeah, so when we first uh, picked this one out last week, um, we were really excited because it had a ton of hype to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been <sighs> preserved by the Ni- National uh, Library of Congress. Um, yeah, it like as some, it's being touted as some fucking marvel of documentary filmmaking. Yeah. And it sounded really fun. Just what? the synopsis yeah. was great. Yeah. The only way that it could be seen that as that is like looking at it like 20 plus years after. Because Christian and I were talking that like, what the fuck is this? And the only thing is like, it's like a time capsule of how people lived and thought in the 80s. But there's no fucking way when this came out, people were like, this is amazing. Yeah, because it's just like a fucking guy who has women thrown at him, and he's just a complaining little bitch. That's exactly. Yeah. Oh my god. (laughs) That's what I thought. Yeah. Not not exactly those words, but yeah. No, that those were the exact words I thought about. Yeah. (laughs) That's beautiful. Like, yeah, like this was two hours, two and a half, two and a half of a guy whining about every girl that he likes has a boyfriend or a husband. And it seems like he he knowingly goes after yeah. women who are in relationships, yeah. the ones who aren't in relationships. Yeah, he's like, I I don't know if love's possible anymore in a nuclear age. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> like you've you've just been given a grant to make this film, and you're gonna like clumsily try and fuck your way across Sherman's like scorched earth march in the South in the Civil War yeah. and. You just like you bail on everything. Yeah. It's just it is very depressing. But I will say, I think even when this came out very shortly after, because this came out in eighty five, yeah, uh, and there were uh, a pretty large group of uh, academics of various kinds, sociologists, ethnologists, anthropologists. I guess those are all kind of anthropologists. Anyways, they took a pretty close look at this film because it's uh, it's conveniently and relatively well done in terms of just a, a blunt, hopefully as, as nonpartisan as it could be, look at uh, women in the South and men in the South in the 80s in America and the particular fallouts and sentiments that they have from the Civil War to their present time and then from their present time looking forward to the future of this new looming scorched earth kind of warfare that's possible with nuclear warfare yeah so in that very specific context (laughs) Mm -hmm. um it it actually is is quite highly regarded and i think that's why that it was it was included um in the library of congress because not for those exact reasons but that it like mitch said it it really is a a decent snapshot of uh crazy women and crazy women a whiny man one kind of whiny man (laughs) and uh like southern america uh, at that particular time with its constraints and its uh, like freedoms. And it it's conscious enough of itself as a film that it could be considered n- as nonpartisan as possible. He still has to choose what angles to shoot. He has to choose which people to shoot, although he professes that he doesn't really have a choice but uh, to film Pat yeah, and all these other people. We will we will talk about that shortly. Yeah, but uh, I think it's I think it's a relatively objective look yeah. at uh, at life in the South, women and men. 
Um, Tyler, yeah. at the beginning, did you catch when he was talking about growing up in the South and like the family history of just like having the aftermath of Sherman going through and his aunt having the couch? Yeah. That yeah. was such a cool story. It has like sore or bayonet stab wounds in it. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. Union soldiers were trying to yeah. find contraband. Yeah. But like, that's so nuts as a kid to just see that. Like, hey, this is what. This is what happened. Yeah. Wait, sorry. What kind of contraband would the Union Army be looking They're, for? Well, just looking for any like everything. To, to take, like, they like gold. took food. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah. They took. I was like, thinking like because this this war was kind of about slavery. <laughs> I yeah. was thinking like they were hiding slaves in the back of a couch or. Yeah. That'd be well, awesome. They just stab them. Like, oh, I found shit. them. Yeah. I guess there was one there. <sighs> um. This couch moans weird. <laughs> let's let's take a, a little uh, rundown of of the women he meets. So okay, um, the you first tried to do that. The first oh, is uh, is what an ex girlfriend he meets at a fashion show, uh, or not meets but sees the short haired uh, woman. Well, I forget her name, but the that, one in the canoe. No, it's his sister. Oh, um, oh, it is really. Yeah. I thought that his sister had longer hair. Edie is his sister, right? Yeah, yeah. So the woman in the canoe is not his sister? Uh, th- there's a point where he's talking to, uh, uh, I don't know. The, this it one. all just blurs into yeah. one because it's it two does. and a half hours of like, I don't know what he, the fuck's going on. I think some of the, co- we could like highlight interesting women that he meets. Well, so I the, think I'm going to, I'm going to run through them all. I'm, I'm gonna okay. <laughs> just through. like he did. <laughs> um, yeah. Tried. Well, he didn't even run through them. So, yeah, and it's the first woman he meets, or not meets, but showcases in the dock is uh, is an ex-girlfriend. They're having some kind of Civil War um, South celebration uh, thing, and there's yeah. a fashion show. Um, and, uh, yeah, he gets, re- not reintroduced, but... They're like his his stepmother's like oh yeah like this is she's divorced now yes this is the woman in the black dress when yes. they were in the little luncheon area yeah oh yeah so okay. he meets her I thought that was a family member I don't I got yeah. mixed up uh, yeah it's like an ex girlfriend or a high school friend and oh, okay his stepmom's trying to hook him up which is like everybody this guy knows must be like man this guy is such a fucking loser <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, like the stepmom's got a wild eye and she has a husband well but everybody like literally everybody yeah it's weird it's like trying to throw women at him mm-hmm. it's it's yeah. very it's very odd like at, at times i found this very uncomfortable yeah it it was a little uncomfortable in the sense that it it felt um rapey felt a little well a little ancient like this like this is a strange parent to child situation that you would hear about in some history book of that like there was a harem of women brought in for the son prince to choose from, and he doesn't like any of them, and he wants the one that he just can't have. Yeah, and it's yeah. just it's yeah, it's very particular. It's like a choosy beggar. Yeah, Ross so, would have been a good European prince. Yeah. <laughs> he, played, he would have played that part well. Yeah, he so, reminds me of Joffrey. So there's her, and then there's uh, this next woman who's an aspiring actress who's absolutely fucking bonkers. Oh like yeah, crazy, crazy. Oh, like yeah, fucking yeah. I think she needs to be locked away. Crazy. This was well. She probably uh, she probably did some time. Pat. Uh, this is Pat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She she's an aspiring actress. Yeah. Um, she goes on to tell the story about a um, screenplay that she wants to write <laughs> about. Like she, she casts nice. herself as the main character of course and she's some kind of like deity yeah she becomes like a floating head that speaks to the world and creates peace but she's an astronaut or something yeah oh yeah it sounds like it's like an eight-hour movie yeah she she goes to live on mars and comes back it was like royally fucking crazy yeah it's good to see that that never got funded (laughs) yeah it it did it was it i was trying to think of it it's john Something goes to Mars or whatever. That, that's the. They just did a couple of rewrites. Yeah, What's you could have like uh, broke like broke that off into like eight different movies because yeah. there's so much going on. At first, I thought she was telling like her life story. Yeah, like her and dreams. I was like, wait, what the fuck is? Yeah, but like, wait, she wants to do this and then do this. But, yeah, yeah. 
she, she's nuts. So she's just and yeah. she's she's obsessed with becoming an actress, which great. Mm-hmm. Follow your dreams. Um, they go down to Atlanta where there's a Burt Reynolds movie um, shooting, and oh, yeah. she's trying to get this whole of a, an agency. And she has a boyfriend back in New York, but Ross is still pursuing her um, for <laughs> yeah. some reason. That's his mo. And, and I think. I don't, did they talk about the boyfriend being a little bit abusive? If I remember that correctly, yeah, that was yeah. that. That I'm pretty sure that's her. Just that yeah. he tried to throw her. Oh yeah, or tried to throw her out of a the six window. story window yeah, twice, yeah, yeah. but he hadn't done it, yeah. so it's okay. He's never actually hit her. He's never never yeah. actually put bruises on her. But, yeah, but threatens her. Yeah, throwing out her six foot window or six floor window. A couple of handprints and a broken yeah. back. Yeah. yeah, um, and then. Uh, and then there's a like overtly racist woman. She says that yeah. she, slaves shouldn't be regulated. If you want to be a slave, be a slave. Who the <laughs> yeah. fuck wants to be a slave? That's what I was thinking. So about. many no people would sign up. <laughs> yeah, no one fucking chooses to be a slave. Yeah. that's the opposite yeah. of a slave. That's yeah. an employee. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I was just watching it. My mouth just kind of fucking dropped further, and I was like. What the fuck is she talking about? <laughs> In the same vein, someone had mentioned that I might have even been that woman um, that just a hundred years ago this change had been implemented. There are people who are a hundred years old. Yeah. So there feasibly could have been someone who was born like just prior to 1865, like the emancipation, and then they'd still be alive. Mm-hmm. That's kind of nuts to think that, like, it, we live in a world where it seems like that stuff should be well and gone by now. Right. But it was at this point, barely 150 years ago. So yeah. it really isn't that crazy. It's just very, it's very sad because of how aware we all are of it. But the fact that it hasn't truly embedded itself as an unquestionable character trait of that you're not racist and that black people are normal people is uh, it's not that surprising, really, because it wasn't that long ago that there was a fucking civil war um, yeah. that was fighting to maintain that belief. So, like, that's you could you could easily have three generations and have one of that last generations, the the grandson of someone who fought in the civil war right now. That's like that's not that nuts. So, so yeah. that was the same woman, and it was in the same conversation as the, thing, yeah. the slavery so i have a quote here from her mm. so this is <laughs> and this is gonna make it even more fucked up i i really get turned on about the civil war so right. the civil war gets her going and i know it's been a hundred years and i still don't think we were wrong only in that slavery should not be enforced it should be a right if you want to be a slave, be a slave. If you don't, fine. That is the most fucked up mm. paragraph yeah. coming from someone's fucking mouth that I've ever heard. Like, yeah, yeah. It's what well, it's it's defensible in <clears throat> excuse me one respect that <laughs> if I right now were to proposition you, be yeah. like, hey Tyler, you got a nice house here. I've got nothing else to do. Mind if I just like sleep in the fucking basement or like dig a hole in the backyard and like I'll cut the grass, I'll clean the tubs and shit. Like it it would be incredibly strange for someone to accept such an offer, but yeah. for me to make the offer shouldn't be illegal, and I don't think it is. Right. And for you to not pay me, I also don't think that would be illegal because yeah. the only difference that uh could make that normal and acceptable now is marriage. Because, like, that's that's essentially a version of slavery that you, right. you don't have to get paid and you don't you don't have to even like it. But, yeah. But so I, I think the. It's the yeah. word slavery. Yeah. Right. Like, it so, means something else. This woman is taking the word and applying different right. attributes to it. Yeah. To justify it. Yeah. Like that's. Which is doubly fucked up because not only does she have the idea of the word slavery, which in her heart. She fucking knows what it means. Yeah. But now she's trying to justify it with different attributes and definitions to be okay, like to justify using the word slavery. Yeah. And I think, honestly, I would guess that that would be just, she would hope for a slow slip back into 
well, what, what it used to be. She doesn't really believe in what she's saying, I would guess. She is just hoping that things would change in her favor so that she would have genuine Confederate-style pre-Civil War slaves. Yeah. I would guess. It was, it was so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> and that's another thing. Like, what perspective does she have? And the next woman is not a woman he was pursuing, but it was a friend who was trying to set him up again. Uh, Charlene. Oh, Charlene's so fucking cool. <laughs> Holy shit. Man. The doctors, <laughs> he needed to just hang out with her. I, he did actually uh, produce a documentary about her in 1978. Okay. He, oh, cool. Uh, she was a teacher, I believe, of his uh, previous. And uh, I don't, I don't know why. I think that was his first feature film. I guess we'll say, like feature documentary. Yeah. Um, it was just, it was called Charlene. Came out in '78, and I think it really was just sort of a profile of her, their cool. relationship, and then her thoughts and yeah. feelings. And so shit. she's married now, and. So she's taking him around. And um, so this is one of the most creepy parts that made me feel the most uncomfortable. Hmm. So just one section of with Charlene. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so they're sitting in the car at the beach. Right. And this woman walks by in a bikini and she's just minding her own business. She's walking, and Charlene's like, oh, look at that one. She's hot. Oh, you mm -hmm. need to go after that one. And he's just like. Watching her with the camera. He's tracking her, yeah. Yeah, and I'm just <laughs> like, oh, this just feels uncomfortable. This feels like voyeuristic. This feels yeah. like... You're stealing something. Yeah. And then like he, she rolls down the window, and she's like, oh, it's a beautiful spot, and you just walked right through it. No, it's, or, 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 <laughs> she was no, like, she said, you, you just added to it or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm just, we're just enjoying the view, and you added to it. Yeah, yeah. she and, rolled down the window, and she was like, thanks. And then oh. this woman comes over and she's like, well, thank for what? She's like, oh, we're just, we're admiring everything that's beautiful. And you were a part of that. Right. And I mean, like, God damn, like that's for, like woman to woman. That was probably pretty sweet. But that, then you have this weirdo with a camera just yeah, watching her. Camera <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. He's just tracking her the whole time. Yeah. You're like, that's, that's fucking weird. And she yeah. was obviously aware like almost as soon as she rounded over the hill, yeah, she knew that she was being filmed. And like, what, what are you gonna do? Like, you're gonna stop walking? You're gonna dive into yeah, the yeah. sand? Like, it's just she has to. Like, I'd flip the finger. She's being pressured. Yeah, yeah. you would nowadays because you're like, well, yeah, fuck off. Say, like, imagine doing, doing that in today's climate. Yeah, yeah. You'd have, you. the, you'd have the police ripping you out of that car. So funny. yeah, like, like, why are you filming this? Yeah. Why is it on actual film? Yeah. You're weird. And then they're at this uh, like. I, I don't know if it was Fort Sumter, but uh, they're at this yeah. like Civil War fort and like the security guard comes up and she's like, or he's like, you know, what are you guys doing here? And uh, like, you gotta, you gotta go and uh, you can't park. Around. She's like, yeah, we're going, honey. And like, what the fuck? Like, why are you talking to him like that? Like, mm. it, <laughs> yeah, it was so weird. But anyway, so Charlene's yeah, trying to has. set him up with her friend who turns out to be Mormon uh, so that's a no-go. <laughs> Which is awesome that she was like, I didn't know she was Mormon. Yeah. Well, I, I no, but she admits that she kind of thought she did. Yeah, don't fuck with me, Charlene. You goddamn yeah. knew. Yeah. Then, you I think a lovely she, yeah. voice. <laughs> she did say that. She then admitted later, too, that uh, she thought that maybe meeting Ross would, like eliminate or like squash her mormonism she's yeah. like oh i didn't yeah. i've been wasting my entire fucking life and i didn't realize that there was other things besides maybe ross's has a huge dick maybe that's yeah what the... maybe charlene's just like yeah. you gotta get yeah, it she gotta get it while you can ross just has ross just has like a foot and a half long cock yeah that's yeah. that's what this documentary doesn't reveal it hangs all the way to yeah. the south and like every every woman he's friends with is like yeah hey, you gotta have that you go, <laughs> yeah. go get it you don't understand. <laughs> but so this is something that Mitch and I watched this together, and this was something that uh, I had noticed. Um, every single woman that he encounters, he seems to put the burden onto them and say things like, "Like why? Like why don't you love me? Like yeah. what would it take for you to love me?" And they all seem to be like relative, maybe save. This isn't meant to be mean, but like maybe save for Pat because Pat's kind of wild and Pat should go do her own thing in a padded cell. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Why not? Uh, and uh, Joy, the singer, the bass player. Yeah. yeah. 
great singer, great artist, but like, yeah, she seems sweet enough, but she also seems kind of fucking wild. Like she would go on a road trip with you and then just abandon you in Las Vegas and steal your car. And she's like, Oh, I just like, it's, it's crazy. Isn't it? Yeah. It's kind of fucking crazy, but like everything awesome. Save for those two, uh, Pat and Joy, everyone else seems to be like a relatively bright, um, sweet woman. Even the treehouse woman. We'll, we'll get oh, to her. Yeah. We'll get she to seemed her. great. She's like <laughs> stupid smart. Yeah, for sure. And like, she's obviously capable. Like she lives essentially in the fucking woods where there's yeah. like alligators and snakes and bugs and pigs and shit. Where she ditched him for another guy. Cause he went back to Boston. The only <laughs> other guy on the Island. Yeah. 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 I mean, what is she to do? He was her rock. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he was a geologist. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, um, he was- He'd appreciate that. He would. I think he would. He's he's lame like that. But yeah, yeah. Um, it seems like like they're all relatively sweet, yeah. intelligent women who do their own thing and they're very independent. Um, and they seemed to like Ross well enough up until he puts the burden on them to instill, like to give him their passion for him. Yeah. And he always uh, like obligates them in his discussions with them about relationships and their relationships outward and to him. And, uh, it just, it's very strange. Like he's, he's just this bottomless pit of, uh, like dissatisfaction or like he, he can't ever give anything back out. Like he's a well, he's not a fountain. Like he doesn't give anything to them, but he expects them to give everything to him. Yeah. That, is very strange and it oh. that it yeah it kind of bothered me because i'm like these are like these are nice people that you're doing this to you're like the and they're real people too like they have to like go to the bathroom and sit with their thoughts uh whenever you leave like when you're done and you've left them alone now because they're trying to fucking start their lives or continue their lives they have to think about this yeah you yeah. think about this shit all the time because you've got nothing else it seems but they, they've got shit going on and you're just like whirlwind back into their life. And you're like, why don't you love me? What would it take for you? Do you love your other partner? Like, yeah. what is love to so, you? Is it even possible? And you're like, what the fuck, Ross? That, like, why, why That are was the this? craziest one where it was uh, a girl that he never dated but went to high school with. She, They kind of like had like flings or like sparks hmm. or whatever. This was the lawyer? Yes. Yeah. Uh, was her name Karen? Yes, I believe Karen. so. So... He reconnects with her, goes and just like moves into her house for like, and that's it. Like he's like a fucking squatter. Like he's he, a bit yeah. in people's lives. Yeah, he just goes and squats wherever he ends up. Um, and then like he he's going to hang with her, and then she's like, "Oh well, I have like a date tonight, like with my ex boyfriend, <laughs> and uh, here you hang out with my roommate." And he's like being pissy about it, like, "Ah, she's going to hang out with her ex boyfriend." Every time she reconnects with me, she goes back to him. She does that all the time. Yeah. And like whenever you're not here, she's not just like a statue yeah. waiting for you to come back and yeah. fuck you over. And so anyways, they get tired. And then like, there's a point where it's like, like they're at a, on a lake or whatever. And she's just kind of like sitting in a canoe, like laying in a canoe, like at the side of the pond or whatever. And he's like, Oh, do you really love him? Like, can you see a future with him? Why don't you love me? You can be with me. Like, just like, Peppering her with questions, she's like, "Yeah, hey, I'm not like interested in talking about yeah. this right now." Mm-hmm. Right? And he's like, "Oh, wait, it's not romantic on the side of like a green scummy pond." <laughs> <laughs> oh, weirdly enough, yeah, I've thought about it for about two seconds, ah. and I've concluded, yeah, like she just looked so uncomfortable sit- sitting in that canoe with the, yeah. her back to him, and he's like peppering her with questions, like mm-hmm. especially on camera, and like they were out at a restaurant or something, or. Yeah, that yeah. was the that was a weird and, one. And she kept telling him to like turn the camera off, like and they'll talk, and like then he kept turning the camera back on, like mm-hmm. fuck off, man. Yeah, yeah. It's that, a, was that the girl that he was like, "Would you get married?" Yeah, yeah. And she's like, "Uh," and he's like, "Oh no, I mean, I mean, not to me." Yeah. But, I'm just, but he, it seems like he totally framed it, like he was just throwing it out there. Yeah. It, so you want to like think, get married right now? I think these are. Perhaps two different women. No, same one. Because Karen is the lawyer yeah. who was seeing this other guy with the roommate, and yeah, um, 
they were the ones that went to the restaurant and he, they, it was kind of neat uh, that he left it in. I don't know whether uh, left it in as in like he put his hand in front of the camera and visibly snapped uh, in, in the shot. Yeah. And then the film ran out, but the audio was still recording. And I think it was just like, he was dropping a pin, how yeah. we would drop a pin now in like the, the recording um, to sync it back up. But uh, no, the same, like the same one. They, they, they're at the restaurant, and then they're at the lake. And then they go to the lake? This yeah. is the same person? Yeah. Okay. He's with her for a little bit. Yeah. I, I thought that the woman that he went out to the lake with was the woman who was doing the uh, anti-nuclear waste activism. Because they did used to date a yeah. long time ago. Yeah. And uh, I thought that that was why he was asking her these particular questions, because they have they have a history. Um. But I thought that I thought that that was two different women. The one in the restaurant was the lawyer, and the yeah. one in the boat was the nuclear activist. Uh, I'm all confused with Russ's women. Yeah, there, well, there's a lot, oh. really, and there's yeah. no and something about this doc, like it's very cinema verite, like it's it's on the ground, like Maisel's Brothers yeah. style. There's no title cards. There's fucking nothing. Um, so like, it's it's all embedded within the story. Is the information that you have to glean from it? Yeah, he doesn't edit anything oh. in to give you information so they do all blur together and that is a downside because it's a long documentary yeah and it's honestly not terribly interesting no we should have looked where he got funding because he had to like borderline scam some people and maybe <laughs> do some jail time well, for stealing money i mean he probably he's like i'm gonna do a documentary about the civil war <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna all right do then when you uh, don't do that you're yeah. like you didn't feel fulfill yeah. you didn't fulfill your contract so well, you got to give us the money back because we don't fraud. give a fuck about all <laughs> yeah. these women yeah i'm going to yeah why are you using this to to prey on women ross Dude, even you're, when you're supposed to talk about the civil war even when he talks about the civil war he's just like so like monotone yeah. and just like so this is where sherman went in and this is the fort like it just seems that like i, I don't know yeah, just, I think if like, could you imagine trying to get away with this doc now? I don't oh, think it would man. work. Like, oh. it would be it would be viewed very differently. I think. I think this doc needs to be viewed like that. Uh, fuck! What the hell? Oh god damn it! I forget that movie that like you like watch it because it's so bad that J James Franco redid it. Oh, the room. Yeah. yeah, the room. So this is like a documentary version of the room that you're just like, I don't think anyone knows what's going on. Oh, because well, even people that he's like filming are just like, so what is this about? Yeah. Like, what's going on? Why um, are you filming me? Like, I wasn't in the Civil War. Would it be worth trying to um, briefly contextualize this with uh, maybe how a lot of documentaries were made and were presented back then? Like, what? Um, is there a documentary out there that changed documentaries and made them more exciting? Because this this yeah, feels like, um, like, I think like some Earl Morris shit. Because like the Thin Blue Line yeah. was one of, and that was like I don't know when that was, but that was like early. Yeah, 90s, that was. I that's think. another good point because at this time, like docs were pretty dry but when did it, great gardens come out but even that is exactly i was just think that was what sort of brought this on because yeah. we talked about the mazels just earlier and great gardens feels the same it's got that same kind of grainy half monotone unthrilling yeah. feel to it but it but, has enough of a story that like oh yeah. they were like american royalty essentially yeah, or connected like to american royalty it's exciting in the history of it but it's yeah. It's boring on the surface, but then even on the surface, it, it gets kind of interesting because like they spend hundreds of dollars a month on ice cream and they, be, yeah. they feed raccoons loaves and loaves of bread and that's they awesome. think people are like stealing from them and there's dances, there's dance numbers and <laughs> that's fucking wild. Yeah. And there's like singing and like choreography, but in this there's... None of there's that. just one man repeatedly. Trying to force women to love them. Yeah, and yeah. then when they do show an interest... Uh, he just rejects them, and but he doesn't leaves. even talk about it. He just leaves. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, oh, I, I guess I should get back on the road. I can't help but film these women, but I've got a documentary to make. And then he just goes right back to fucking filming a new woman. And he yeah. doesn't do shit. It's, it's very, it feels the same. Like it feels like it was made in the same era as Grey Gardens. Cause it, it more or less yeah. was right. Like Grey Gardens came out in 73, 75, something like that. Yeah. 10 years 
for a small medium to change, like documentaries probably didn't change that much within 10 years. And I guess 75, it said 75. So this might be, um, this might be captured within that era of that. There hadn't been a documentary released that changed documentaries enough to into what they, we know them as today. Cause documentaries today, like there's, there's fucking music and shit and there's, there's storylines and there's like, high quality talking head interviews and it's it's very structured documentaries today are very structured most of the time and this felt this felt very unstructured yeah. like the it's, absolutely it's very um, sad I, I think if ross made this today we would call him an incel <laughs> that's funny i said Holy that to Mitch. fuck <laughs> yeah i was like this is the first incel right because yeah. like yeah he's He's perfectly capable and everyone is helping him, but yeah. he, he refuses, like he is getting in his own way yeah. of doing this. And it's, it really is up to him to change. Is he still alive or did he fall oh, no. like yeah, morph into like Captain Incel? So he's just like a thing on the internet now. I, yeah, he's I wonder alive. what happened. I wonder what he's doing now. I didn't think to ever look up anything else that he's done. He needs to redo this. So like these women are grandmothers. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine how sad that would be? Oh, this would be that'd be great. So, are your grandkids around? What are they doing? Do they love? Dude, you? I'm surprised that like none of these women's husbands or boyfriends were just like, "All right, dude, we're gonna have to have a duel now." Well, because this is the South, and you're talking to my lady, so I'm gonna kick the shit out of you. Well, that's like the one. I think uh, Ken. He was the lawyer's yeah um, boyfriend. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> that so, was a funny scene. Yeah, so he's like, uh. My car broke down. Uh, I had to get her boyfriend to come help me. And like, if I was him, I'd be like, "No, fuck you, dude! Like, you you just sitting here trying to steal my woman. You're driving around in a fucking ninety year old car with that gas <laughs> can that he got him gas. Oh, yeah, in had had like forty five holes in it. They used to like plink it with bullet a bullet holes. Twenty two. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The thing was leaking Insane. like crazy. And then he's, I guess we should do it. They're like, oh man, this whole thing is nuts. Yeah. And then he's like going out, going around with them when they collect these big plastic animals. That was one of the most interesting. Yeah. That was the funnest part. Besides Charlene, that was the funnest part of this whole doc. Yeah. And like giant plastic animals. They've got a grove of like sort of almost life size monocolored plastic animals. Yeah. <laughs> Him and his friends Those are just guys, fucking around. They just get hammered and then pass out beside the rhino <laughs> and wake like, up and yeah. get a little scared. And they're he, like, oh, yeah. oh, it's not real. <laughs> he was like chastising. He was like, these guys, they just go and like buy and trade big plastic animals. Like, who the fuck are these guys? This is essentially yeah. what he said. It's so like, <laughs> is there... A factory out there that I have no idea. Makes oh, these guys are probably just plastic animals. They're loaded. Like, like, yeah, they're doing it themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, like, they're, they're the crazy like commune community that's like yeah, borderline so, a cult. The survivalists. Yeah, yeah. That was weird. Yeah, and, Holy and they're shit. they're definitely like racist. One hundred percent. They're like we oh, can. Dude. We can admit and deny and keep in anyone that yeah. we want. That's all we want. We want to just white power. own people. Yeah, we want white power again. The guy was shooting the <laughs> uh, revolver and then he left one in the chamber. Yeah. And his buddy said that and his buddy's like, yeah. Or he's like, no, it's for the snakes. And he's like, yeah, for the ones that crawl on the grass and walk on two legs. Yeah. You're like, what? What <laughs> the fuck? Hey, and, you want to clarify that for the camera? <laughs> yeah. And like the one... Uh, snippet of of audio is like yeah you know <clears throat> the government uh we hate the government and they're just not conservative enough anymore like if that guy was still alive like he'd be like yeah fuck fuck yeah america now yeah so he'd be at a that Trump point supporter. yeah at that point in the dog christian made a great point that these guys are so anti-commies but they're doing like wild communist yeah, shit right yeah, I, yeah. That I, and then we were, we figured that the way that you would sell them on communism is give them the bible but every other page is a page from the communist manifesto yeah so they just read it one page at a time because they can't have too much information that's right and then right. that's that's how they'd be like i think i think we're communists now because these fucking idiots are doing exactly what it is which is hilarious that yeah. they don't see that yeah there's no exchange of money there's equal rights across their in like installation yeah There's we're gonna have great doctors we're gonna pay him in grain we'll just give him two <laughs> pieces of grain we and tried he's gonna that be the best doctor 
We tried that 5,000 years ago and it didn't fucking work. Yeah. So Ross's last uh, film was in 2011 called Photographic Memory. Right. That was a while ago. 12 yeah. years? So, 11 years ago? It was. Uh, so like, I think all this guy's movies are like self-reflective like emo, Holy emo pieces. Emo pieces. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. So... This one, filmmaker Ross McKelvey uh, finds himself in frequent conflict with his son, a young adult who seems uh, addicted to and distracted by virtual worlds of the internet. To understand his fractured love for his son, McKelvey travels back to St. Saint, Saint Porto in Brittany for the first time in decades to retrace his own journeys into adulthood. There's um, a little bit more here. His son probably saw his documentary and we're like, shut <laughs> up, Dad, you're not a man. A meditation on the passing of time, the praxis of photography and film. So not only did he try and force his women to love him, he's trying to force his own son to love him now yeah. too. I think Charlene hit it on the head and that he's he's using like he's he's too preoccupied with filming shit, which necessitates making his life unreal. Yeah. yeah. So so there is a, a quote here from Charlene. Let me find it. Um, he's still an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. But yeah, she was awesome. I would watch the doc on her. Yeah, yeah, I bet you it would be pretty cool. Not because of Ross's directorial and editing prowess. No, no, no it would just have like a Grey Gardens vibe where you're like, yeah. this lady's straight nuts. Um, so yeah, so she's complaining about Ross filming and Charlene says, could you turn it off? This is important. This is not art. This is life. Yeah, that was when yeah. I think they had, like he literally just walked in the door and he met uh, the Mormon yeah. Oh yeah, eight minutes in, and Charlene was already like throwing her. You're gonna get married. You're gonna have kids, yeah. and they're gonna be beautiful. You gotta put that camera down, otherwise you're gonna miss their whole life. And turns out he did miss his son's whole life. <sighs> God damn, Charlene. His son could have been a Mormon. Where is she now? Charlene. Charlene's still alive. No, I just wonder. Oh, the Mormon lady. No, Charlene. Oh, I wonder where Charlene is now. Yeah, that's what I asked. Is she still alive? And you oh. said, Oh no. Oh, huh. like I guess she could be still alive, we right? Asking She'd be like and answering different questions. <laughs> so yeah, he. Wonder how she did with COVID. He did a documentary called Bright Leaves, and this one, this one kind of sounds a little bit interesting, but it's is it about like the tobacco farms. A l- little bit, yeah. So it says McCallie oh. family legend has it that the Hollywood melodrama Bright Leaf, starring Gary Cooper as a 19th century tobacco grower, is based on filmmaker Ross McCallie's great grandfather. Who created the Bull Durham brand? Huh. Well, like the baseball team? Uh, no, there's like Bull Durham tra- tobacco or something like that. I was just trying to make a baseball yeah. joke, Tyler. Well, it didn't. Uh, it wasn't a home run. Oh, oh nice. There. Turned I'm glad it, I turned it around. Yes. Um, well done. Damn. Well done. But man, like this guy is very self obsessed. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like maybe uh, he was in denial about the truth of some things that maybe Charlene said. So he just, uh, like he leaned in further, hoping to prove her wrong, perhaps the, the sentiment, not literally that he's like, Oh, Charlene's a, she's, she's not right. I can't let her be right because if she's right, then I'm wrong and I'm wasting time. But like maybe he just can't seem to face real life without like, um, representing life to himself, which, doesn't make it real anymore. It makes it kind of like hyper real. Yeah. Like even, so he has a, a movie here called time indefinite. Um, s- summary of it is 40 year old documentary filmmaker. Ross McKelvey has a penchant for filming everything around him. Following the announcement of his impending marriage to his filmmaking partner, Marilyn Levine marriage, something that he and his family never thought would happen for him. <laughs> McKelvey turns on the camera to film life as it happens in respect to this new phase in his life, both in real terms as it applies to himself and those around him and philosophical terms. McKelvey discusses through narration, life, death, love, family, and babies. So Dude, like, he just approached his fucking employee to be like, listen, I got a project. Yeah. We're going to get married, <laughs> yeah. but and we're just going to film it. Why and don't you love me? A, we're going to have a kid. And then we'll make a doc about the kid. So I got my life all set up. (laughs) This fucked up. Why don't you love me? Like I'm 
We're in the middle of the interview. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. You, you pay me, Ross. You pay me. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny at the end of this talk where uh, he... Creepily... The music teacher? Yeah. 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 He's like, I... I happened to notice that she was very she good was looking. Very good looking. <laughs> yeah, you just those kids you just were happened so to fucking notice. funny. <laughs> yeah, those kids were pretty cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, the black. It's like, oh, you smooching? You, you smooching? smooching? <laughs> oh, I'm gonna write a letter and complain. She's like, well, I'm quitting. And he's like, oh, what? why? For smooching? And the kids like, oh, dang, dang, you got me. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, He's, yeah. Yeah. If anyone is interested, there's a, a really, really great write-up uh, and, an, and, and an analysis of this documentary written by uh, Sharon R. Roseman from McMaster University. Uh, she's in the Department of Anthropology. Uh, she took a look at this doc. She kind of like teased it apart uh, in respect to figuring out what we can learn about writing ethnography or ethnographical works. Um, so like you, you take a, a critical look at culture uh, and all of its, all of its aspects, how it's embedded within larger cultures and how it relates to others. What's the same and what's different anyways, typical eth ethnography and anthropology, but uh, she did a, a fantastic write up. It's kind of tricky to find. Um, but if you can find it, Sharon R. Roseman from, uh, McMaster University, Canadian University, so uh, did a great write up on this. His uh, his wife, uh, Marilyn Levine, uh, she's only directed two documentaries, um, one with him about the oh. Berlin Wall, and then she did one called Life, Death, and Baseball. Hmm. But uh, the IMDb page has literally no information about it, just how long it is and when it came out. When did it Way come out? Nineteen ninety six. Oh, did you get that from the IMDb page? Yeah. Huh. Wasn't there like a strike or something in the 90s? 94. So maybe it was about that? Just life and death in baseball. I don't know, but like there's no synopsis about it. Yeah, that's it. weird. It says documentary biography, so I don't know if it's about someone. It's know. about her and her husband going to a baseball <laughs> game and he just complains the whole time. And a guy in front of them gets there's hit. There's how many innings? Oh my God. Why don't they love me? Yeah. <laughs> Do you think those baseball players would be my friend? <laughs> They're sort of busy, Ross. <laughs> um, one of my favorite parts was just watching him get kicked off the set of Cannonball Run. Oh, that's um, what. No, it that was. wasn't Cannonball Run. Yeah, it was. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Uh, I looked, and it was like some race car movie. Which is Cannonball Run. Yeah, can no, like the, the Cannonball, Cannonball Run, Run is isn't a fucking race car movie. What? The, the cannonball run is like kind of a real thing. And yeah, I know it is. It is about car so, racing. Yeah, on Sherman's March IMDb page in the trivia. Let no, me go. here. Okay, I'm going to send you something. Because the suit that he's wearing the the Burt, The Burt Reynolds film see, from being, this fucking movie. Scene being shot in Georgia was Cannonball Run. I think you're wrong. Uh, IMDb is never wrong. This is exciting because I'm yeah. always right and I don't know. Can't, I can't even. <laughs> Stroker Ace. It's some, yeah, 82 in Stroker August. Stroker Ace. I don't know. Yeah. That's what he's wearing. I don't know. It said Cannonball Run on IMDb, and that's what I believe. When did Cannonball well, Run come out? I'm going to. 81. Mm, right around the same time. And this one came out in 82. Or no. Yeah. Oh. That's what he's wearing. Uh. Like, this one came out, I don't know. Was Stroker Ace maybe the car name? No, it was the movie. Oh. Hmm. Fine. Anyways. I have no idea. I didn't look it up. But maybe is Stroker Ace a sequel to Cannonball Run? No. Are you it's sure? a Hail Needle movie, which that guy just like makes movies. Like, let's smash cars into each other for no money. It'll yeah. be great. Hmm. There's know. a doc on him. He's it's really cool. I forget what it's called. Yeah. Okay, anyways, but yeah, IMDb's Sherman, wrong. Yeah, Sherman Smart Shy IMD page in the trivia says it was Cannonball Run. We're fucking wrong, bro. <laughs> fucking Bert, IMDb. Burt Reynolds is dead now, right? Yeah. We can't even ask. I mean, we could get a Ouija board. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll do that next episode. 
Ross was an asshole. Um, like, no, we asked you another question, but you're right. You're right. Ouija Ross board. was a dickhead. Um, <laughs> yeah, th- that was my favorite part. Just watch him get kicked out. They're like, who are you? What are you like? And yeah. like, they took this ID and like wrote down everything. Like, <laughs> yeah. get the fuck out of here. And before yeah. that, too, it's funny when he's like, I met Burt Reynolds. And we're like, whoa, what? And yeah. they're like, oh, no, it's just some guy named Jim who's been waiting around <laughs> for 12 hours. He was just loitering in front of a fucking hotel yeah. at like three in the morning. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like we're shitting on Ross a lot, but it it just for me is a, a sadness that he doesn't uh like he doesn't ever succeed. Like if Ross went on like this crazy fucking like sex train across Sherman's March and it like it was oh, yeah. a, it was a, like, like a ride. Yeah, like it was like Australian like exploitation film style. Yeah. Fuck, like we would be celebrating him right now, but we're we're doing anti-celebration he should have banged woman at every uh place he, that sherman, every like memorial yeah thing. every every place sherman attacked in one of those yeah fucking, like, well just, sherman's soldiers probably did some wild shit here so just i'm gonna picks, just do that 100 yeah, years later just picks up a woman just anyone explains the battle as he's banging her yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then those coffins exploded because they superheated <laughs> yeah. uh, look at the brickwork yeah like yeah. i'm like i'm a little disappointed i, I wanted to, to know about sherman's march a little bit more yeah, I kind of <laughs> did too. <laughs> Amazingly enough, I gave a shit more about that. Yeah. I was like, I like, I was interested in seeing someone like walk a historical walk and yeah. like deliver great, like insightful points and like be a bit poetic, be a right. bit academic. And then along the way, he's like, oh, and I stopped off at the Waffle House and I took home a waitress. And you're like, holy shit. It really shit. is a wild That's fucking awesome. story. Because like, it's crazy that like both sides of opposing armies like knew each other yeah and then like some of the generals on either side like went to west point and then war broke out like when war broke out sherman was in the south yeah and then was like oh shit i gotta go and then like yeah was in key areas like when he was a kid being like i kind of know the political landscape here so i should take account of like these hills because i'm probably going to be back here and i'm going to fucking kill everybody well that's like <laughs> I don't know how many times he says it in the documentary. Sherman loved the South. Sherman loved the South. Yeah. No, I mean, like, like biographically, he, yeah. he was known to, like, really, really love the South. He, he had a whole series of portraits that he himself painted of landscapes and of people of the South. I mean, I love the South, too. Like, no, but, like... Florida's one of my favorite places to go. Right. But, like, and now imagine you having to, like, command 500,000 people down there and, like, burn it to the ground. I would do it in a second. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're Canadian, so you're ruthless. But yeah. Well, if you put in your journal that you were a little bit sad, then history will be like, oh, he was a good guy. Yeah. yeah. He had to do it. Yeah. I think then that there was there was a sadness of the disunity of the states and of the people that occupy the states back then that yeah. it necessitated something like a war that they couldn't they couldn't debate themselves out of it. It just it became well, I, heated to the point where like war yeah. broke out, and I and either Sherman, side was like, "Oh, if we go to war, it's going to be like a day because we're just going to decimate the other side, and then it'll be nice and clean." Yeah. And then this was like four years later, where everyone's fucking dead, and they're like, "Oh man, we're still doing this." Yeah. Like holy fuck. Yeah. But, I think I think Sherman's um, like love for the South was real because the south like Southern states are still americans and like i think there was a lot more genuine patriotism back then it wasn't like patriotism now where it's it's patriotism against other countries that like you're not as good as we are there i don't think there was any kind of outside looking like there was no outward looking perspectives back then because it was extremely difficult to get such a perspective mm-hmm. but now mm-hmm. you have like tv and international newspapers and the internet and it's just, it's too easy to see other countries, not for what they are, but for the brief glimpses that you get in contrast to your own country. Right. But so like that kind of patriotism is a little more shallow. I think it's, um, it's not self-reflective. It's, um, it's a, po- it's a, it's an opposing patriotism that it's you versus them. And you have to think that you're better. Otherwise that's not patriotism at all. Cause if you think the yeah. Vietnamese are better than you are, that's not patriotism. <laughs> that's that's the truth. Then I think for Sherman it was it was a real 
uh, like a real tangible patriotism because he grew up with these people. Like these are these are really his countrymen, like his neighbors, and he liked these people, and he spent lots and lots of time there. But then, then he fucked them up. Yeah, and then he fucking wrote them all down. Implemented the first instance of total war. Like you destroy everything, not just toy soldiers on the battlefield. Like you destroy regions completely, and that's that's sad. That's super sad. Knowing that that is the only tactic to to win this kind of war, because this was a war of ideology. Like it was it was fought on the battlefield, but. If there were any remnants of it left in people's minds, not only are they going to be angry, jaded, sad, and vengeful, but the idea that started the war will exist with them as well. And now that idea will be pushed by the vengeance and by the sadness. And by thinking that you're you're bad or you're wrong or you're not good enough in some respect that like we waged this kind of war on you. Like there's nothing left of the South and it's because of who you are and what you think, not even who you are, but just what you think. Yeah. I don't think anyone likes to have that given to them. So there's, there's probably going to be a lot of um, like pushback. So the only way to destroy that kind of ideology is to destroy the, the people, all of the people that but, that ideology exists within. But the South will rise again. And that's the weirdest well, part, right? Oddly oddly enough, They're right like, after the Civil War, I forget how many years, but people, like guys just showing up in the northern towns <clears throat> and killing certain guys was at a super high percentage because mm-hmm. guys from the South were like, oh, yeah, I knew this regiment from New York went into my town and fucking killed my wife and killed everybody. Well, yeah. So... I'm going to go back. To, and then, like, it's just funny reading the accounts that, like, the murder rate just fucking skyrocketed. Have you, uh, have you ever watched the AMC show Hell on Wheels? No. Yeah, that's what I was it, thinking of. Like, it, that guy. It's fantastic. So it's about, a, like, a mm-hmm. Union Civil War general. Um, or no, uh, it was for, he was a Confederate Civil War general, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the Union soldiers came in and, like, raped and killed his wife, killed his kids. Um, and so he goes out. He gets a work, gets a job on the railroad railway, um, mm. pushing west, um, because he knows <clears throat> this general that commanded the troops to it. He was west. working there, mm. um, was working on it, and yeah, like set out on this like. The first season starts out like this. Yeah, the first of, episode's fucking crazy. Yeah, mission of justice to right. to kill the people that uh, yeah. but uh, excellent show. Yeah, have but, you guys um ever heard of Sherman's bow ties? No. no. So the, the Union Army, when they were coming down, would take train tracks and they would heat them up and then like tie them in like what? a knot, like a Western bow tie or like what tie the them around fuck? trees. So not just like unbolt and take a piece out. So like they would have to rebuild that They like fucking totally mess with the track. Oh, to disrupt rail lines. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they like fucking by hand just did, heat it up and did it artsy all all artsy yeah like, yeah i got all artsy with death well at Holy some point shit. you gotta like hey we gotta get creative guys yeah. this is getting boring yeah that's wild i thought you were talking about it as like a calling card like we've been here because there's well, a fucking like kind of rail like, piece well, kind of yeah, yeah. but it just totally a bit of both. The yeah. infrastructure. yeah i guess if it can yeah. do two things yeah yeah like oh shit that's why there's a sherman's bow tie yeah. they've been here yeah. Well, uh, when you're like rocking 50 mile wide, that's a, I think, yeah, that's got to be crazy. Like, imagine being in a town and they're like, hey, they're two miles out. Or they're like, they're coming. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. And like all those towns, all the men are gone. Yeah. You're just sitting there as a kid, like, oh, cool. We're probably all going to die. Yeah. And like, like, it's a 50 mile wide swath. Like, yeah. Where do you flee to? Like, you could not run fast enough. You couldn't even fucking ride a horse out of the way. Because 50 nope. miles, 50 miles on a horse, like, with a kid and some belongings, like, you couldn't traverse 50 miles in a day. You have to go diagonal. Uh, yeah, yeah, away and laterally? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is that a football and, like, tactic? shitty roads. Like, it's not like they could just hop on the highway with a horse and be like, oh, we got a straight shot. Yeah. Like, you're going through bush and scrub. Oh, and... fucking Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, TLC said no scrubs. What? Uh, sorry. 
Yeah. I, apologize, I don't think so. Christian knows what, what you just said to what him. What the fuck is TLC? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, every every like the learning channel? Like, every yep, <laughs> yeah. It is. Every nineties right. person, like it anyone that lived through the nineties and the two thousands is cursing Christian saying, Fuck you. What? <laughs> Lisa <laughs> left eye Lopez. <laughs> no? Lopez. Lisa left eye Lopez. Lisa left eye Lopez. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Over my head. Didn't one of them like burn down their house or something? I don't know. They just did a concert oh. here. Where? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two of okay, them. Okay, this is getting weird now. I'm out. I don't want to talk about <laughs> TLC anymore. Um, yeah. So, fucking weird documentary. I want my two and a half hours back. Do you think yeah. if this came out in DVD or like VHS, it was like double VHS? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to go track down Ross and ask for my two and a half hours back. <laughs> See, I need you to do something for me for two and a half hours. That, yeah. <laughs> that, like, if this ever had like a theatrical release, all those people are just like, "What the fuck just happened?" Yeah, yeah. We what, just watched what? some guy try and get laid for two and a half hours. Oh, wonder, like, it's not uh, even. I don't even think a woman would watch that and be like, "I gotta meet this guy." This guy. This yeah, guy seems so. pretty cool. He's just. It, it's the monotone and it's the like the self depreciation. It's just. Yeah. It's very hard to. To watch i mean there enjoy. are comedy like sprinkled lightly throughout this because the scene with like the teacher and then the scene when he was going to that dinner when he's dressed up like a union soldier and he's having like whatever hungry man with his parents yeah and his dad's just not talking to him just looking mm. at him like what well, the fuck so here here's another quote so ross is talking to his dad while they're eating dinner and watching tv and uh ross says uh i filmed um Dee Dee washing her dog, and I filmed um, Steve going to the music company where he used to work. And his dad's like, there, now, how is that going to be useful? <laughs> and Ross says, in this film? And his dad says, in any film. Oh, well, <laughs> I can sell it as B-roll. Yeah. I think that this film represents uh, something valuable for researchers. Um, yeah. Maybe like uh, like cultural critics or someone doing uh, history history research, but I, like as a film, like just to sit down and be like, oh, I feel like I feel like watching a documentary. Let's let's choose this one. I don't I don't know that I would ever recommend this to someone yeah. who isn't in incredibly interested in like the southern states, the trying civil war, laid. trying yeah. to get laid, like not what to do and what war, not to like do. The whole we should. We could have took account of like how much, how many minutes he talks about the Civil War, and it was probably like maybe fifteen. I had in total. Th I had thought about that exact thing about like doing a recut of this and yeah. making it actually about Sherman's march, and only only take out snippets from this doc where he actually is giving you historical yeah. information about Sherman's march. I think that you'd get less than a forty-minute film for sure. So, oh, way less, Christian. Yeah, I think you mentioned at one point like you know, maybe this wasn't received as well, like when it initially came out, but as a time capsule, people of, mm -hmm. so I think as academics, it yeah. was received quite well. In 1987, it won the grand jury prize at the Sundance film festival. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Why? I know. Is the Sundance film festival held in a Southern state? It's Utah, right? Is that, is that Utah Sundance? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I don't know. I think that's Robert Redford's uh, festival. Oh, yeah, it is. yes, it is, too. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is in Utah. Maybe the Mormons were just hyped that Mormons were featured, in it and he didn't, like, completely yeah. shit on them. Yeah, that's probably a good so point. So they were like, oh, that's cool. And look at that Mormon was on camera, and her soul wasn't taken. <laughs> yeah, I don't know I, if Mormons believe that, but who gives a shit? So Yeah, I think it, it is important. Like, it's a, it's a well-made film for... Um, just a documentary like it's it's not meant to be exciting it's not meant to be uh like thrilling or comedic or anything like that even entertaining really well, but it is meant to deliver you a particular like body of information and i think it does because like aside ross's failed attempts and strange intrusions into women's lives it does give you a perspective on women's lives in the south at a particular time um and it, it also includes some uh, some interesting play between historical narration and contemporary perspectives. So like it's 
it's not a terrible documentary. It's just not very exciting. Well, there's one exciting scene when I forget where he is, but that house where the guy, like, was that like oh, a break yeah. in? Or do did you, have... you know that scene? Because yeah, Christian yeah, yeah. and I were so confused. Remember, what was... Uh, there was a guy knocking on the door and he was like, anyone home, anyone home, anyone home? And then there's that golden retriever that yeah. was going crazy at him. Who no, is that guy? But I think it was just a friend of theirs. But yeah, like that's like everyone's sitting there just watching and like, uh, that was a friend of theirs, and then he just grabs the wife and then leaves. Yeah, it was. And then they're like, "Oh, that's so why weird. we have a security dog." Yeah, yeah it was like, so weird. The, and like, yeah. but like, if if it was actually someone breaking, like someone would have like went up and like punched the fuck out of him. Mm. You would have thought so. But that dog was like foaming at the mouth. Like that was a pissed off dog. I've yeah, never yeah. seen a golden retriever so angry. Yeah, but dude, Very next time strange. that guy comes over, you're gonna be like, "Hey, Jim." What was with the last time you came over and jumped around like a dog? Like, what was up with that? Yeah. You just don't acknowledge that? You're like, oh, no, he's cool now. Like, the dog's always going to be like, yo, fuck this guy. What the fuck? Were, were you on crack when you came <laughs> yeah. over on Thursday? Or, like, what the fuck was that? The next time he's there, it's oh, an intervention. Oh, flashback, dude. Fucking nom got me. Like, oh, okay. Because he, he was aggressing the dog. I think he was just trying to get out, right? Like, he was trying to get past the dog. No, no. Like, he was playing with the dog. He was like, playing? But that's, yeah. Like, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah, really fucking weirdly. Like, hopping down yeah. and, like, growling Dude, that back was at it. Out of nowhere. And no, like, narration of, like, oh, this is my friend Jimmy. He's yeah. a little cuckoo. Yeah. Yeah, Ross <laughs> Cuts says to nothing. the next scene. <laughs> For, like, five minutes after that, I just was like, Christian, I don't know what just happened. Like, what the fuck's going on? We were going to go back and like watch it again. Maybe we missed it's like an introduction or something yeah. like, oh, yeah, John's at the door. Like the, the husband is like yelling something and then like, ah, oh, it's just confusing. Yeah, it was very yeah. <laughs> heated. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. Like, That's the most exciting thing, I guess. That, yeah. I, I, and I forgot about that part, too. So, How the fuck did you forget about that? It's going <laughs> to stick with me. Like Years later, I'm just randomly going to think of that and be like, why? Gonna, why did that happen? I'm going to play Who with a dog like guy? that. It's like a deep cut. Like, so, has anyone ever yeah. seen Sherman's March? Watch this. If that was in the trailer, it would have been awesome. <laughs> so the National Film Registry called it a hilarious, one-of-a-kind romantic exploration of the South. I what? vehemently disagree. What? I don't agree with the hilarious part. I, Maybe, maybe they're like being, they're mocking Ross. Be like, yeah. it's funny because he <laughs> fucked up every time. Like, what's wrong with this guy? That's I, would, I don't know if I would call it a romantic exploration. I think I call it oh, a, for sure. a creepy crusade. <laughs> okay. Creepy crusade. I accept both. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like That's both. Good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't 100% disagree. So yeah. I have picked our next film. Oh. Do we have any talking head fans in here? Talking. Oh, the band. The band. No, no. I mean, I don't hate them, yeah. but um, I don't know anything about them. So yeah, this is a 1984 documentary called "Stop Making Sense." Uh, it's a American concert film featuring a live performance by American rock band Talking Heads. Rock band. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know what I would have called them, but I don't think that I would have jumped to that. Computer rock. Computer rock. <laughs> so yeah. I was thinking just like pop. Just regular old pop. Oh, hey! Think th and Whoa, this is our, this is our second documentary from the eighties that has back to back that has been. Is Burt Reynolds in this? <laughs> selected <laughs> for preservation by the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress. Very weird. I was like, those and, motherfuckers will pick anything. And as being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant, which is exactly right. what they said about this last fucking. That's that mm. kind of ridiculous because you could say that about like any documentary yeah. at any time. Yeah, except American There's, Teen. No, like, they'll still say that. <laughs> well, I guess if they knew the back end that how fucked with it was, but if that was like a true, like let these kids be kids. This is historically important because it ruined documentaries for just a short time. Um, yeah, it's what yeah. not to do. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know how I'm. I, I don't know what to feel about this one now. Excitement or apprehension? Yeah. It doesn't. Is it a documentary? It's a concert film. Oh, it's a concert film. Yeah. So we're just watching them perform. Um, 
I mean, it's I'm gonna sure. be like the Rolling Stones where we see some people die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about that because that was the Maisel Brothers too, um, and it was it was out way before Sherman's March and before Grey Gardens, so, but uh, it was fucking super exciting. It says See, you can make a good. They knew how to do it. Yeah. It, it says here, "Stop making sense" is considered by many critics to be one of the greatest concert films of all time. Really, Leonard Maltin called it one of the greatest rock movies ever made. Is rock, that the guy from Star Trek? Uh, no, that's Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> um, Robert Christgau says the finest concert film, and Pauline Kael says close to perfection. It is considered a cult classic. Well, if fucking Robert Christgau says that, I yeah. gotta watch it. I know. Yeah, Leonard. price gouge? Come on. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it features the tracks Psycho Killer. Uh, that's, oh, that's a good one. That's pretty much the only Talking Heads song I know by name. Mm. Yep, me too. Um, so yeah. Cool. Okay. And this well, was like done in the '80s, you said. Uh yeah, it came out in '84. So uh, like the height of their fame. That's when they were like huge, right? Sure. I think. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't know much about the Talking Heads. Yeah, neither do I. So, the legacy is uh, the movie version of Once in a Lo- Lifetime. Appear What's in the, the opening yeah, credits. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Cool. Oh, well, I feel like I'm about to become a small fan. Yeah. A heady? I don't know what the band followers are called. Call them talkies. 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 Yeah. Talkies. <laughs> I don't know. That'd well, be good. gentlemen, I am off to uh, uh, Nashville tomorrow. Don't forget me to the chicken. I Ye will, fucking ha! I'll bring you back some chicken Maybe for sure. Maybe a fetus too, if you can find and, one. And uh, I will uh, get a nice rebel flag. Yeah, we will <laughs> be uh, we'll be back regularly scheduled next week because I'm back in time. So right on. Um, until then, gentlemen, thank you for putting up with two and a half hours of this utter bullshit. Oh, it was. Uh, yeah, if I did this alone, I would have skipped through this thing like crazy. <laughs> okay, later, gentlemen. Later. Bye. Thank you.